Good evening. Today's date is August 4th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is this is the spiritual appendix, and Ore B is our speaker. How are what you? specifically chapter? I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, appendix to spiritual experience. Okay. We're all good. <laughs> Here we go. This week's chapter step is appendix to spiritual experience, and our speaker tonight is Ore B. Thank you, Ore B. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> my name is Ore. I'm a composer over eater. Oh, jeez, that was great. <laughs> ah, all right, let me get, come on, get back to serious mode. Get back to, let me compose myself here. All right, uh, yeah, my name is Ori, I'm a Composo Reader, and um, I just celebrated uh, five years of food sobriety um, on July 14th. Um, I celebrate my spiritual independence with, uh, France's independence uh like it's just you know it's a beautiful moment for me and uh, I'm down uh just over uh 255 pounds um I used to be a 485 pound man and uh man it's a lot of miracles today that have been happening it's been a great day like God has been showing up and showing out and um yeah, so before I get into the spiritual experience, I want to go to page 25. There's actually two asterisks um, that kind of prepares for or kind of references the spiritual experience. And they, they you know, these two paragraphs describe, um, it gives us a full, a full picture of what the spiritual experience is for us. So on page 25, um, the, the great fact is just this, nothing less, that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences, which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows, and toward God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our creator has, sent, has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us, which we can never do for ourselves, right? And then on page 27, um, it says, yes, replied the doctor, or he, he said, he said to the doctor, is there no exception? Yes, replied the doctor, there is exemption. I'm sorry, exceptions to cases such as yours have been occurring since early times. Here and there, once in a while, alcoholics have had what are called vital spiritual experiences. To me, these occurrences are phenomena. They appear to be in the nature of huge emotional displacements and rearrangements ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once the guiding forces of the lives of these men are suddenly cast to one side and a completely new set of conceptions and motives begin to dominate them. In fact, I've been trying to produce some such, produce some such emotional rearrangement within you. With many individuals, the methods which I've employed are stress or successful, but I have never been successful with an alcoholic of your description. So like those those kind of those two paragraphs foreshadow what the you know what the what the the spiritual experience is. And I was doing some work with a sponsee a couple of years back, and um, 
like I always thought the spiritual experience was some magical phenomenon, like some esoteric experience, like, you know, like it was like, oh, you know, this big grand thing that happens, right? And then when I actually started to break down the appendices too, if I can find it, that first paragraph, um, oh, here we go. The first paragraph, and I, and, and I like to hammer this home with my sponsees, the term spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which upon careful reading shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. Like, it's simple. Like, it's simple for me. Like, all, of, all it is is a personality change sufficient enough to bring about recovery from alcoholism. Like, that's all it is. It's a change in my thinking. Now, what produces that change in my thinking? That's the magic, right? Like, because I've tried everything. I've tried everything human. Therapy didn't do it. Self-help books didn't do it. Um, Oprah didn't do it. <laughs> uh, you know, Benny Hinn, uh, Joel Olstein, like whatever it is, like none of these things, none, none, nothing of human aid produce the necessary change in thinking that I need. And this spiritual experience, spiritual awakening, it continues to happen for me. And, and I like to go down the list of things of how has my change, how has my thinking changed? Well, one of the, one of the biggest changes for me is, you know, around, you know, just before I came back in this recovery, I, I prayed to God, like, just help me show up again. Cause I was having, I was having trouble just walking back into the, walking back into the rooms. I, you know, I, I, I really truly felt like OA had failed me. That, that somehow I was not, I was incapable of getting this. Like, I really believed that. And I didn't want to come back. I know I needed to. And I prayed, I just prayed to come back. Like, I just wanted to show up. Like that was, and that was the first miracle that I showed up. The next miracle was that I started showing up consistently every day. I went to meetings every day. I did almost like 120 meetings in 120 days. That was a change in thinking. That was a spiritual experience for me. Like, so it's not some mystical, mesmerizing thing. It was just these changes in thinking that happened along the way. And you put enough of those changes in thinking together and you get a spiritual awakening, which continues to happen for you. Then there was the miracle of somebody suggesting to me to, to join a men's group. I knew about this men's group decades before. I wanted no parts of this men's group. I was a lone wolf. I didn't want to be around a, a bunch of guys. Re really what it was, was I was afraid. I wasn't, I, I was, I had low self-esteem. I didn't have the confidence to be in a group of men. I wasn't comfortable with my own masculinity. I was more comfortable being with women than men. But this time I was so desperate where I just said, you know what? Whatever this person tells me, that's what I'm gonna do. That was a change in thinking. I showed up and I joined that men's group. I'm still with that men's group. That's my sponsorship group. That was a change in thinking. There was a moment where I was in a meeting 
and it was about six months. Um, and it hit, and I was putting up chairs, and it hit me like it just like it was just a moment of clarity where like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like this is my destiny. Like this, this is where I'm supposed to be. All the relationships, all the people that I've known in OA over the years. Like this is where I'm supposed to be. There was like no doubt in my mind of what I was supposed to be doing. Like there was no more one foot in and one foot out. I always had one foot out. I know I needed to be here, but I didn't want to be here. I didn't really want this thing. So this moment where it was like, it was like divine inspiration where I realized like, oh, it was like I was in the in perfect alignment with what I'm supposed to be doing. Like OA is what I'm supposed to be doing. This, 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 this spiritual way of life, not just OA, but this spiritual way of life. It's like, I can't get away from it. Like even, you know, and we could go even further back. My name, Ori, my parents gave me that name. They branded me. They gave me a name, Benevolence, Holy. What the? They, man, my walk was chosen before I even was born. So this moment where there was a change in thinking, where I was in perfect alignment, that was a spiritual experience for me. The change in thinking, you know, my, uh, over, over, over the years, my relationship to pain has changed significantly. I don't run from pain anymore. I see that pain is necessary. It's a part of the process. So when things get painful, when things get tough, I double down. I connect more. I reach out more. I share the burden of my life with others. That, you know, people, we call that a 10 step, right? Or, you know, but really all I'm doing is talking my life out. I'm sharing the burden of my life, my, my, my burdens with others. That's a change in thinking. I'm no longer a closed system. I used to be a closed system. And as the, resu- as the result of work here and also in my other program, I've become more open. I'm sharing my life with others. I'm sharing my thoughts with others. I'm sharing my motivations with others. I'm open. So these are the changes in thinking. This, these are just a few changes in thinking that have been occurring. It continues to happen. Like this awakening continues to happen. The more work that I do, the more that I show up. Let's go back to the book. Yet it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must be in the nature of sudden and spectacular upheavals. Happily for everyone, this, con- this conclusion is erroneous. I love this because they're interchanging religious, for people who are more re- uh, religion focused, we call it a religious experience. For people who have an aversion to religion, let's call it a changing thinking. They're the same thing, according to the big book. They're just, in- this is an interplay on words. Like they're making it accessible for me. Because they know that by default, my nature is one of contempt prior to investigation. So anything, anything that just, you know, ruffles my feathers a little bit, I'm on a skate, I'm on a skate mission, I'm running. So they're making it really, they're making it really easy for me to grasp this thing. And if we read Bill W's story, Bill W has this white light moment. Oh, he felt the, the, the heavens and the earth and the winds blow through. And he had this amazing, beautiful experience. And it's like, geez, I want that. That's not what I had. And even in a way, you know, something I, I work with a lot of people where, you know, we there's this 
the, the beautiful white light experience is so attractive and inspiring. And, and, and it's like, oh, it was lifted out of me and I was fine for the rest of my days. Like, it's, you know, we, that's attractive. I want that experience. I didn't get that this time. I did not get that. All my changes in thinking have come as the result of walking through pain. <laughs> pain, you know, like sometimes it gets lifted, but usually I'm walking through pain first and then it gets lifted, right? I paid a price for that. I paid the price for a change in thinking. But it's it, what is but in context of this this reading, what is setting us up is setting us up with the idea that hey, not everybody has these sudden they call it sudden revolutionary changes in our it, it, sudden revolutionary changes in his thinking like Bill W had. He had a huge emotional displacement. They get into the concept of the educational variety. Right, I like that because that's. That's more in the line with me. It says, among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James call William James calls the educational variety because they develop slowly over a period of time. I look at my spiritual awakening, my spiritual experience, like a, a, a rock that's been thrown in a river. And over time, that rock gets formed by the water. It's not immediate. The current, the current of that river, the, of the water, the friction of the water just slowly over time smooths out that rock and shapes that rock. And that's the way I look at my spiritual experience. And that's why like when I come to meetings and I hear people they have time, it's, it, time to me is not something that uh, it used to mean like, oh, look at me. I have five years. Like, no, but when somebody has a long, long time, what that means to me is that they have been in that river and they, this, spiritual, this spiritual energy has been shaping them over time. Like it's something to be said about showing up on a daily basis to life, to reality, without using over a long period of time. That is some soldier shit. That is a life soldier to me. Because in my five, in my short time, in my baby five years, I've walked through so much. And it's just shaped me and shaped me and shaped me, the spiritual way of life, God disciplining me through the, I can only imagine like, man, there's so much more of life. Like you've been walking with God. But that's what we're all essentially doing one day at a time, right? It's facing reality and, and developing that relationship with God. In this educational variety, you know, I, I also look at it like, okay, you know, for me to get my bachelor's, it took four years to get my bachelor's. For some people, it takes six to seven years to get a master's. Like that's education. So, you know, right now I'm working on my master's in recovery. Like, essentially, and to think that, you know, it, it, and once you go through, once you go through school, once you get your, 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 your credentials, then you start to practice whatever you've been studying. 
<laughs> so I'm still in study mode. <laughs> like I'm still, I'm still working on this shit. <laughs> so when I read that, it gives me hope. It gives me hope that, okay, you know what? And it's true. Like when I look back, things that my way of thinking at 30 days or 60 days compared to five years, it's like the <laughs> Even at one year, I would at one year to five years, like there, the, the growth has been exponentially like just in like increasing in that time. The things that I was worrying about at one year, at one year, I was afraid to take trips on a plane. I couldn't even go on a, a plane trip. Because I was so afraid and terrified of not being able to fit in the seat. And now, and then, you know, I had a, for, for, a brief, for a couple of years, I had a girlfriend who lived in New York, uh, in LA, and I was taking trips like several times a month. And it was no, like nothing. That's just one example, like a, a, just a little example of just the, the change in thinking. So whatever I'm struggling with at five years, if I continue in this work, like I'm gonna look back like, oh, what, what, what's going on? And I just use that, I just go through that mental exercise. For me, it is helpful to say patience. Even the way, that, even the dialogue that I have with myself, even that ability to have compassion for my experience and to have patience, that was, man, where'd that come from? I, where did that, you know, for, for, for up until... Up until six months ago, I walked around this earth with a deep sense of self-loathing and not even recognizing my own value and feeling like I don't, I don't measure up to like that, that I'm subpar. I'm not, I'm, I'm insufficient. I'm not good enough. I'm unsatisfactory. This was up until six months ago. And as the result of working my other program, I'm learning what a healthy sense of self-confidence is like. It's a game changer. Seeing my assets and my faults in, 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 in embracing it both. Recognizing that I have something to contribute to the world. Like that, man, if that's not a spiritual experience, what is? That's a, for me, that is, and, and by the way, my religion is, my religion is the 12 steps. I don't have a, a outside um, outside practice, like really, my religion is the twelve steps. Like this is my foundation. Continue with the book. So he finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life. In my reaction to life, my reactions to life. There was a time at like I remember two years. Um, I, I think it was around two years, like, I felt like my boss, when he didn't, when my boss didn't look at me or acknowledge me in the morning, I took that as a, I'm getting fired. He doesn't like me. <laughs> like, that was my reaction to his, his demeanor. Like, that was my reactions to like, or, um, my mother, my mother, she, she, she just likes to overtext. Like she just overtext. I've had a conversation with her and I, she, she's not going to change. 
And, you know, I didn't do it out of anger. I just had to mute her. Like, you're texting too much. It's too much for me. I get overwhelmed. And and my reaction was, it's not even out of anger or spite. It's just, I can't do that. It's hard for me. One minute. That's another change in my reaction to life. Again, a change in my thinking. And you change my thinking, my reactions to life will change. I love this program. The more that I work with people, the more that I see, the more that I see, the more that I experience. Like, this is real for me. It's not just an intellectual exercise. Like, I'm experiencing this thing. And I hope, I hope that for everyone. I hope that this is not just a checklist situation for you and just being a good student situation. I hope that you're really applying this to your life and finding your relationship to God, because, man, this is spiritual liberation. Like, this is a a, a path, an actual method for liberating, liberating my, 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 my mind, my spirit. Like, where do they sell that at? (laughs) Where do they sell that at? (laughs) Like, it's an actual method, a device, a tool I can use to liberate myself. So, that's all I got for you. And uh, yeah, thank you for letting me talk. Thank you so much, Ore. We will now open the meeting for questions or three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? And who would like to begin sharing? Victoria. Hey, everybody. This I'm Victoria. I'm a compulsive overeater. It's good to be here. Um, thank you, Ori, so much. That was that was really wonderful. And I was sitting here thinking, <laughs> I love what you said about the master's degree. I was sitting here thinking that you know I I was so fortunate enough to celebrate 18 months last month, and I thought, oh well, that makes sense because I'm feeling pretty sophomoric. I'm pretty, I'm feeling pretty much like I know what, how this goes. I'm comfortable. I'm calm and collected. Um, and as soon as I think that that's when stuff goes crazy. Um, so I just loved that because I thought, oh, let me, let me, you know, of course my natural thing is let me make a comparison to myself. Cause I'm, I love to think about myself. <laughs> I was, I was really struck by that of just how, I can't assume that I know everything. And I know that, like I can say that and it sounds very intellectual. And I'm like, yes, agree, let's move on. But in my heart, I do believe that my higher power has changed my viewpoint on a lot of things, but I have to remember that I'm still me and that my character defects can can creep up. And it's um, it's not necessarily a battle of like, oh, I got to win or lose. I've got to get an A or an F, Um, but... It is something also really related to what you said about um, walking through pain 
of that. Yeah, it, it's not going to be rainbows and ponies all the time. And that was never promised to me. Um, and then I guess lastly, just, you know, sometimes I can be, be down on myself. I can be like, oh, I don't feel very spiritually fit today, or I don't feel enlightened or, you know, overcome by the power of God today, or like something that I think I should feel. Um, but then when I, when I really think like something inside me, you know, comes to me and is like, well, where were you before? And when I really think, you know, I don't think it's good to say, oh, we're way better than we used to be. We can stop now. Like, I think it's always going to be a journey, but it's really, I really do see a change in my thinking and a spiritual experience slowly, but surely when I think about where I was before, you know, I can always think that, oh, I've got so much further to go, or, you know, I, I really feel morally or spiritually corrupt in this moment or whatever. But I mean, like, when somebody used to snub me at work, I used to call every single person I could think of to tell them about it and to try and get them on my side. Um, and now it's like my mom and my sister, they're like, how are you? We worry about you. I'm like, why? And they're like, well, you don't call us that much anymore. And I realize it's because I'm not complaining about stuff to them. And it's like, I need to call them and just be like, hello, how is your day going? How is your husband doing? You know, just, <laughs> just things that I used to call and just gossip and complain. And and so when I think about that, you know, my heart really has been changed. Thank you, Michelle. I'll wrap up, but just thank you again. I, that was really lovely. Thank you, Victoria. Next is Kali from Chicago. Hi, I'm Kali. I am bulimic and a compulsive overeater. And Ori, thank you so much for your, your lead. It was actually, it was really, really good and very helpful. Um, and very fitting for where I'm at today because um, I feel like I am going through another layer of growth. And, and you mentioned that like growth is painful, it, you know, like the touchstone of all spiritual growth is usually pain. And for me, that has definitely been the story. And I've just been, you know, I, I'm going to probably start crying just because I've been crying pretty much all day, but I've been really struggling with the exercise bulimia aspect of this disease. And, um, and I, I remember when I, I, I had five years also when I relapsed on bulimia, like, uh, back in 2014, and I just haven't been able to get it back. And, um, and I came back into OA a couple of months ago, and there was a couple of things that I was just not willing to look at. And one of them is my exercise. And the other one was artificial sweeteners. And I was like, I'm not ready to give those things up. You know, I'm just not willing to, and I, I did give up the artificial sweeteners, but I was still holding on to that exercise. And I remember just calling people and being like, I'm not willing to give it up, but I'm talking about it, you know, and I kept praying for the willingness. And it's like, be careful what you pray for, because once you start to pray for it, it gets really uncomfortable. And I have just been getting more and more uncomfortable. And I think God's been pushing me in this direction more and more to let it go um, and to really, really be abstinent from my eating disorder. And, um, and today I was at the gym and I was like 20 minutes into my workout and I like put everything down and I just left and I called somebody and I just started crying because I don't, I don't want to be ruled by this disease anymore. And I really, really want freedom. You know, I don't want to feel like my whole identity is tied into what I look like. And, um, and I was like, I'm willing to put it down 
you know, and that that's huge. And um, and I'm scared. I'm scared to let it go. But at the same time, I know that like I really like God's moving me and changing me. And I know that it's like there's something that's happening within me that's telling me that I need to at least put it down for today and look at like why I use that as a way to cope. Um, and so when you were saying all those things, it's like, I, I'm also part of a different 12-step program and I've been in it for 13 years. And it's like, when I am honest with myself and I start to realize that these things don't work for me anymore, I can't unsee them. I have to look at them. Otherwise it just becomes very uncomfortable and I have nothing else. And I see that, thank you, Michelle. And I'll just wrap up. And I, I'm just really grateful that I have these meetings because I, I know that I can't do this by myself today. So that's all I got, thank you. Thank you, Colleen. Next is Randy. Hey everyone, Randy, Composable Overeater. Really grateful to be here tonight. Um, it's my second time at this meeting and it, it really is a very special meeting and I'm just uh, happy to be here with everyone. And all right, I mean, I've heard you a couple of times and been in a couple of similar meetings with you. I don't know you so much, but I love you, man. I, I really appreciate you, you sharing with us. Um, um, you, you really have an inspirational story. You lost a ton of weight and um, I know that's not the point of your story, but you know, that's a lot to struggle with. And um, one of the less, I think, I don't want to speak for everybody, but when I came into this program, when I understood there were steps, I thought there was an end to this thing. Like I really wanted to cross the finish line and like, it's not like I wanted to cross the finish line and then just run away from program thinking I was dumb, but I thought that that would bring me something. And it did, it did bring me something, but something that I had to maintain, something that I had to work at. And I didn't expect that. Um, and I think a lot of people expect that. And I really appreciate you sharing that, hey, look, this is kind of like, you get a little bit of relief through this spiritual experience and you just gotta keep having more spiritual experiences if, if you wanna not go back into the disease because that's kind of what it is. And um, I also did not have major epiphanies, although I had one minor spiritual experience, but, um, you know, just a realization about myself. But besides that, it's kind of just been work. And I think the only way that I could understand that I've had a spiritual experience, because I could kind of look back and see my craziness, but is my present state of falling out of serenity, which happened to me earlier today, right? I fell out of serenity with my kids. I just couldn't deal with them. I came, I left early to come home to spend time with them. And they did not follow my script of being super excited and wanting to be in a good mood for me and love each other and like dance for me and like do, you know, what, what, whatever this thing I expected to happen. And I got pissed off, man. I was really angry. And I was like, what the hell? Like, why would I come home early from work for this garbage? Like I said that out loud, maybe not exactly like that, but I'm like, what, what is this mess? Like you should serve me children. And, um, I feel better now. 
But man, it was like I was calm. I was normal. I was in my spiritual experience from the work that I've done. And then bloop, gone. It's gone. Gone. Immediately gone. And I didn't, I wasn't planning on coming to a meeting tonight, but I said, you know what? Screw it. I need to, it's part of getting back in alignment. Other work to do, but, um, and, and I'm so glad I was able to hear you. Thank, thanks so much, Michelle. Thanks. And thank you everyone for letting me share. Thank you, Randy. Next we have Michelle. Hi everybody. I'm Michelle, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Chicago. Oh boy. I, uh, I don't know why I'm nervous to actually share. I, um, or I, I was so moved by, by everything you said. Um, and I wanted to really use this time to hear a little bit more. I, I'm currently a freshman in program. I've gotten through one semester, just hit six months, right? Very grateful. Um, but something that I've been experiencing is as more time happens and the longer I am in sobriety, life is hard <laughs> and my character defects are roaring. So my question for you is I would love to learn and know how do you practice patience? How as a freshman, I guess, or someone new in program, you know, trucking this path with everybody, how, how were you okay? Or do you learn to be okay that like, things are going to evolve over time? You know, it's not all immediate. I still have work to do. That's all. Um, at six months is no nah, I'm not even at six I'm not even going to expect that of you like I don't I don't even expect you to have that ability at six months like I think about so I'm, I'm I love vampire movies right and there's the old vampires and there's the new vampires the new vampires are always the wildest the strongest and the craziest and they cause the most wreckage everywhere like that's how i look at people in six months you're a new vampire you have a lot going on <laughs> in your head at six months look what i would say is hold on tight enjoy the ride and you know just like what helped me at six months is just having people to talk to constantly i needed a lot of support i still do but at six months it was just about when I felt that feeling, whatever it was, the crazy, I needed to talk that crazy out. I needed a lot. I needed to make like three to four calls a day at least and have conversations with about people because six months is a critical time. And it, it, it's like loud, very loud. So what I'll suggest to you is just reach out to people. Just have a team of people you can talk to regularly. And patience will eventually come. You'll just get sick and tired of hearing your narrative. But one day, I guarantee you, one day you'll be like, geez, just shut up. Like, you'll get that moment. Like, I'm just tired of hearing my story. Yeah. Thank you. We will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares. Would the Zoom host please stop the recording? <laughs>